0: What up, family? Welcome back to the podcast, man. I know it's been a minute. Episode number 30. I covered Hurricane Irma, that whole fiasco, and that terrifying experience. Talked about John Jones, Daniel Cormier, got into a little bit Canelo Triple G. And I gave you a little story that is embarrassing as shit, man. Hope you guys enjoy the show, man. As always, I appreciate every single one of you that take time to listen to this podcast, man. Whenever you want to jump on, just hit me up. I'm ManChatter7 at gmail at dmanchatter on Instagram and yo Twitter. Welcome to the podcast where my guests and I talk about anything and everything from sports, relationships, politics, movies to TV shows, current events, and conspiracy theories. No topic is ever off the limit and it's always uncensored. I'm Ben Borges and this is ManChatter. Chatter.
1: the latest on Irma now back up to category 5 winds of 160 miles an hour chance over the next few hours it could weaken a little bit now that it's moving over Cuba but i still think it's probably going to maintain its strength and go through the keys as a category 5 hurricane and then once it makes landfall the latest track is taking it probably somewhere near south of naples and then through central florida maybe a little more west that track continues to come a little bit closer unfortunately with winds diminishing pretty quickly once we hit north central florida becoming a tropical storm not even a hurricane anymore once it goes into georgia but i think across our area category 2 maybe minimal 3 probably 2 and with that that means a pretty decent chance at least across our northern counties winds will average between about maybe 75 85 closer to the coast and maybe 110 to 120 especially across our southern counties so farther south you live the better the chances you will have the higher wind gusts of course it all depends on the exact track And we'll have a much better idea later on this morning as the storm finally makes its turn. We'll be updating all weekend long, live and online, and right here on your ABC Action News station.
0: So that's what it was like in the buildup to uh, Hurricane Irma. It's been about 10 days now, man. And obviously, if you guys don't know, I live in Florida. And I have to say, this was one of the toughest hurricanes we've gone through, like emotionally and stress-wise, right? Because my wife and I have family that live all over Florida, and we also live in Florida. So the lead-up and the build-up to it was, which side is it going to hit on? Is it going to hit on the East Coast or the West Coast? I was like, it doesn't matter. From the very beginning, as soon as I saw the size of how massive it was, 400 miles by I think 410 miles or something like that. As soon as I saw that, I knew it didn't matter where it hit. It was going to affect the whole state. So there was no release in stress, right, for... Ten days before, it was just which side is it going to hit. Every day is closer. The, the spaghetti lines or whatever you want to call them, the forecast, changed a little bit. Went a little east, went a little west. Went right through the center of the state, yada, yada, yada. So when you're waiting for something like that, that can be catastrophic to the entire state. You don't have anything but stress. You prepare. I was working. My wife luckily was home. She took care of everything, got all the water. All the canned foods. And there's still, it's now uh, September 20th, about 10 days since the hurricane hit. And we got lucky, man. Like, my friends, we live over here on the West Coast in, t- in the Tampa area. And it was just this feeling of complete fear, like leading up to it. Their stress was like, how bad is it going to be? Are my friends going to be okay? Is my family going to be okay? My mom lives in South Florida. She evacuated to Central Florida thinking she'd be safer. She ended up getting a bad storm there as well. So there was no release. Thankfully, we're in a time now. Like, I, So I went through Hurricane Andrew back in 1992. I think it was. Yeah, back in 1992. I was eight years old. Look, my mom gave me Benadryl, tried to make me sleep through it. But the sounds you hear are like, terrifying. It's almost like. A locomotive coming through like a just a big, huge engine of power that nature created, hitting and hitting, silence and hitting, silence and hitting, and you don't really get a break, right? Even if you are eight year old, are eight years old, and you're trying to go through that, and your mom drugs you with Benadryl, so you're able to try to get some sleep through it. But the weird thing was, right, that this was like my first adult hurricane where i'm completely on my own well we're on our own my wife and i and have to prepare for everything luckily my wife was you know she handled everything but there's no real break to it right like it has this feeling of fear and overwhelmingness i'm not sure if overwhelmingness is a word but y'all know what i mean so when friday hits or Thursday, we're 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 in a mandatory evacuation zone. It was a Friday before. Um, we're in a mandatory evacuation zone, so we have to leave. So I was like, okay. I start freaking out. Uh, I don't deal well with, and like, anticipation of, of stressful situations. Like, I'm good in those moments, but. I kind of overreact and I get you know agitated and I want to and I want to be I want to be as safe as possible as possible. So when you get to those moments, you have to, huh? And it, like I'm still like playing it all back and it's still kind of crazy. So we're there. Mandatory your, your your section A. You're in a mandatory evacuation zone, and then. You have to, you have to start thinking of where you're gonna go. Luckily, we have friends here in the in the Tampa area that took us in. I can't thank them enough. You know, we were able to, so we were able to take off, and we had to leave our apartment, which added more stress because in our apartment we can't shutter up the windows, we can't cover up the door, the sliding glass door. So when we leave, we're like, man, what the The fuck are we going to come back to so we're we're thinking about all that stuff like when to leave how to leave what time should we wait a little bit because the hurricane isn't supposed to hit us till sunday which is at that time 48 to 56 hours away so we're talking and it's eerily quiet right i saw people evacuating earlier taking off to different areas of florida where there's higher ground because of the fear of the storm surge and all these different things and we're like, ah, we, we can wait a little bit. That's what, you know, we're discussing. Then we hear the police driving around on their PA system, on their loudspeaker. Guys, this is a mandatory evacuation, so please leave now. The next step is us knocking on your doors to make sure everybody's evacuated. This is not, this is not a drill. Please leave. Freaks us the fuck out. So then we pack up. We had everything pretty much set up. We had our luggage, everything. We had it ready to go. So start loading up the car. Let's me know. Excuse me. let <sighs> lets me know that I'm extremely out of shape because I went up and down these stairs. They're probably about 20 steps, right up and down. Probably and then it's probably about 3 400 500 feet maybe to the to the parking lot. All right. So went up and down with heavy ass luggage and uh 6 6 uh 625 24 packs of water. Eight gallons of eight gallons of water so that's multiple trips And well, I think I ended up doing about 10 trips got the got the luggage in the car loaded up all the cars and the last step was the cats so mind you we're both freaking out because we don't know if the hurricanes gonna hit in South Florida how hard it's gonna hit South Florida we don't know if our apartment is gonna be intact when we get back because this is everything we have we don't know if our parents homes are gonna be intact because that's everything they have or our friends, so we're constantly text messaging, calling whatsapping zelloing, right um, that was a big thing the whole zello app, zelloing everybody we can try to get in contact with people, let them know we're okay, you know I got family from Panama calling me, asking me if I'm okay what I'm going to do you know, like what we're doing for preparation so it's like all these overwhelming things, it's like all these people you have to answer to and respond, because if you take a couple minutes and don't respond, they think something happened So in the middle of all that, we're trying to get the cats in the, in the, in the cat carriers, which is a terrifying experience. Like I think it's a traumatic experience because I hate hearing them meow. Like I hate having my, you know, they're like my family. I hate having my, my little pets, you know, like being, being scared of being upset. So they're meowing constantly and we're walking down the stairs and I have the last two drinks of, I think I had like two sodas, two 12 pack cans of sodas just in case, right. To take it to our friend's house one of the cat carrier breaks, so my wife reacts quickly, and grabs, grabs our, has them, our, our male cat, grabs him by the neck, she starts freaking out, I'm freaking out, try to keep calm, and it was like, like in that moment, was like, holy shit, this is, this is too real now, I know it's like, on a, on a smaller scale, and you might not think it's a big deal, man, but, you know, like, if you have pets, you know that, that means a lot, so we get, she gets the cat, she put, I grabbed the cat, he starts scratching me, which is fine. I would rather have him have have him scratch me than have to go look for him. So I'll take the scratches that he left me any day of the week. So we go. She puts the carrier back together. I have to carry it like, like you know, like when you were ca- when you carry a a bag that was loaded too heavy at a grocery store, and you have to carry it like from the sides and and under, like double secure it. That's how I had to have it. I had to have almost like a like a running back holding a. Holding a football when he first gets it from the quarterback. So my wife's freaking out. She has a breakdown. I'm trying to calm her down. We're scared as fuck. Like, we're we're both terrified. You know, we're both scared. We're both having the same fears, same thoughts. Of what's going to happen to our family. What's going to happen to our apartment. What's going to happen to our storage. And we almost lose our cat. You know, so it's that whole process. Then we get to our friend's house. Have a good time. But there's still, like... Even in the week building leading up to it, all the places, all the facilities that I go to, you know, they're 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 having the same fears because they have friends and family, and how do they prepare? Because by the time everything we're hearing on the news, just like you guys heard, it's going to be a Category Five, the biggest hurricane on record ever to be formed in the Atlantic. That's not a fluke occurrence. You know what I mean? Like that. I I feel like that might happen more and more. So you get get all that then we get to our friend's house late friday night so all of saturday we spend it uh putting up shutters like helping them with the shutters that they hadn't put up we went to a I'll shout them out on the podcast we went to Karen and Kevin Root I'm just going to call them they're getting married in a couple weeks they you know so they're just they have one name now and we can't thank them enough you know they took us in when we we had offers from other places, but they were the first people to offer their place to, their their home to us. So we took them up on the offer, and you know what? I was I was more than happy to help Kevin put up the shutters because it's something that I've never personally done. You know, I always had the accordion shutters where you just like, you know, they're aluminum, I guess, and you kind of like just strap them into each other. I don't know, I haven't done it in twenty years, man. Don't judge me if I don't know the exact technical ways of doing that, but. It was scary. So then the whole time, all you're doing, you're not really going out anywhere because everything's closed because everybody's preparing for the storm. So all you have to do is sit at home once the shutters are up and just watch the the weather. We must have watched 40 hours of of weather and just seeing the destruction it was having in in Cuba and seeing how it was hitting and destroying the Keys. And then seeing how it was hitting Naples and landed in... Ah... Uh... I think Mark, it was Marco Island, San Marco Island, whatever. And it hits that, and it destroys that, and it's just like, man. But at the same time, you have, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys, just like I always am. You have, like, this this selfish feeling that thinking, thank God it hit there because it could have been worse. But at that same exact moment you have that thought, you remember that your family on the complete opposite coast of the state lost power, down trees possibly down power lines and i have i've had some i've had some friends and family that lost power to up until a couple of days ago shit i got friends up here in tampa that just got power on saturday or sunday so we were extremely lucky we were extremely blessed thankfully all my friends are safe and sound my family safe and sound and it was just it's this experience where there's no it's it's different because even now Ten days later, I'm still not calm from it. Like, cause I still think of like how what could have happened, even though it didn't. Like how terrifying it is. And today, Puerto Rico, and I, I have friends that I grew up with that, that are Puerto Rican. That have friends that have friends and families over there. So my thoughts and prayers go out to them. Like this shit is getting crazy, man. Like I'm not gonna get into it because it's not the time. Not the time right now. But the fact that you can't even discuss. The possibility of climate change. So here's how I feel about it. Fuck it. I'm going to get into it. So here's how I feel about it. And I said it on my social medias. You know, Man Chatter on, on Instagram. At The Man Chatter on Instagram and on Twitter. If you ever got anything you guys want to talk to me about. ManChatter7 at gmail.com. And I'll respond to your emails through the podcast. Or through the email. Is that. So I'll use the, the only line I like from Batman versus Superman. If there's a 1% chance that it's a threat, you have to take it as 100% certainty. So if there's a 1% chance that we're the cause of this, of climate change, 97, 97% of scientists tend to say that it is, but, you know, scientists, scholars, went to, went to school for years, let's just disregard them and say that it's politicized. Um, If there's a chance it's true, why not? take steps to to prevent it from getting worse right like i'm not sure i'm not gonna sit here and tell you i know exactly what the fuck to do because i don't but there's people way more educated than i am that can tell us what to do and listen to them because it's selfish and ignorant to think that oh it's not true oh it oh everything happens in cycles yes everything happens in cycles given but if we're expediting the process of the cycle Motherfucker, let's get this shit together. There's future generations. Like I want to have kids one day, so I'm just gonna tell them, "Hey, man, sorry, we shit it. We shit it all over the planet for century, for a couple centuries, and you kind of have to deal with the shit, right, man? Nah. Love you, bye. I'm, I'll be, I'll be cremated next week. So, see you when I see you. Peace. Like that just doesn't make sense to me, man. So, oh, people saying this. Politi- Listen, man, I just, I. Like always, I just want to have the conversation. I just want to have the, the the debate, if you want to call it, the hot take, whatever it is, man. I'm just saying if 97% of scientists say that climate change is a real thing, why not listen to them? What, what, why does it offend you? Like, why is it something like you take it like a personal attack? Like they're saying you're a fucking idiot if you don't believe in climate change. That's not at all what they're saying. They're simply bringing you the facts. First of all, I don't think a scientist would be, like, that aggressive. I mean, like, have you... uh, My experience with scientists through History Channel and TV, they seem pretty docile creatures, right? Like, they don't seem like a person is going to come up to you and punch you in the face. Who knows? There might be some thug-ass scientists out there. But let's just have the conversation, man. And if it's a 1% chance and you have kids, how selfish are you to completely disregard it and make it out to seem like some myth like a fucking unicorn? Like, I just don't get that thought process, man so, I don't know, man, it's kind of crazy, so, with Hurricane Irma, man, it was real, I know, eye-opening experience, it's hoping, it's something I'm hoping I don't feel again for a very long time, but with the tropics, and with the ocean getting hotter and warmer as it is, and all these different factors, I mean, we'll see, man, but it was definitely scary, bro, I ain't even, I ain't even, like, it's still... Just think about I could I could tap in right now to so all those emotions, checking in on all my friends, making sure they're okay, making sure they're safe. Also, at the same time, feeling the love from all my friends that live that live here locally, that offered their home to us means a lot, man. I thank you, and I'm glad we're all safe and sound. And yeah, man, it's just it's something else. So that was my Hurricane Emma story. Let's jump into the next one. <laughs> Uh, not honestly, not exactly sure why I did that. I apologize. So that little music you heard at the beginning of this—that's gonna be my new breaking news for sports type of update thing, right? I could, probably could have been more uh, descriptive in that, but fuck it. I say what I want. It that is what it is. So. As you're hearing this, the Real Madrid game just ended. And the motherfuckers lost. I'm not going to have an overreaction, because in the immortal words of Jay-Z, a broken clock is right twice a day, even a, even a garbage can gets a steak. But the game that Real Batiste, Real Batiste played, now if you guys just started following me, I've actually been, I'm not like a foreign Real Madrid, fuck, yeah, yeah I am, but... I've been to the stadium on a honeymoon we went to a game, and they actually played the same team. And they actually ended up winning that game 2-1, like a Sergio Ramos header in the 80-something minute. So, Real Batiste played an amazing game. Their goalie had an amazing game. Let me tell you something. Real Batiste won this game. I'm not going to get into like the numbers of all that shit because I'm not 100% clear on that, so I'm not going to give you some crazy-ass fucking hot take, right? Or some crazy-ass take with it. But that fucking bail I was about to say Christian Bale. It's not Christian Bale. Is it Christian? No, it's not Christian Bale. That bail heel tap or heel kick that he that he put through, I don't know how the fucking goalie from Reality saved that shit. But kudos to him, sir. That would have been the greatest goal I've personally live ever seen live through the tv not live in person you know what the fuck i'm talking about that goal was incredible he hit it with such pace i don't know how the goalie reacted i don't know how he tapped it out and it hit the post so he, he dove right tapped it and it hit the post i'm thinking it's a fucking in. like there's no way he stops that but he did and then reality's got a late winner i think in the 94th minute they deserve it. Kudos to them. Real Madrid struggles again at home, their first loss, and their fir- their first loss this this season. And they've tied twice at home, and lost once, right? So, bam. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna overreact. It's early in the season. It was Cristiano's first game back. He looked like he has a motherfucking rust on him. Let's be real. He had he missed two tap ins that. In a week, probably easily puts away. I mean, open netter just Chris fucking wondolowski that shit. For just kicked it completely over the goal. Just terrible. Had some easy tap-ins. Marco Asensio didn't start. I'm okay with it because East Isco's a baller too. He had some great long balls to bail. It just wasn't their day. Real Betis deserved it. The first time they beat Real Madrid in 17 years? No, 19 years. since 1998 that they beat him at the Bernabéu. It hurt. It's the first time I've seen Real Madrid lose since they lost to Barcelona two one at the Bernabeu with Messi with that ninety fourth or ninety third minute fucking full length of the field play when they because Real Madrid overcommitted. It is what it is. It's a little hurtful. That's it's a lot of hurtful actually. So I'm in this group chat. With with a Barcelona fan, my boy, my my, my boy Danny, who's a Madrid, Madridista just like me, and Ali Alejandro, right, his brother, and he's more of a EPL fan. So obviously Manny jumps in and starts, oh, sell the team. Oh, he's joking, right? Because it's not, because it's just the shit that I talk about Barcelona. My like the reason why I. Don't, so here's the joy I get from not living there and not like growing up with that team. I can enjoy the the talent and the greatness. I know Lionel Messi is one of the greatest players ever. That little five foot two motherfucker. I'm, I'm assuming it's 5'5". Five, five five. Let's call him five five. This five foot five motherfucker is a phenom. Like he's incredible. He grew up in Barcelona through their through their youth youth system and all that shit. He's incredible. Not, phenomenal. Phenomenal. Top two greatest players of all time. Whatever you whoever wanna have the debate, whatever. In my my eyes, one of the greatest I've ever seen. So my problem with Barcelona is I need like, yes, they're top of the league, they're balling, they haven't lost a game. Just had a game yesterday that they won 6 1. No doubt. It's early in the season. They're old as fuck. They don't have any young talent and they just lost Uzman de for anywhere from two to four months. He just came out today and said that he might have lost. He he could might he might be back. In two months, that'd be great. I I want Barcelona to be great because so it makes it better when Real Madrid beats them. Like you know what I mean? Like I want the biggest rival to be a legit game. Like I don't want Messi to go down. I don't want fuck no. You know what? Fuck Suarez and his big ass teeth. Fuck that guy. That's hey man. Fuck you, dude. Like I just I don't like the guy. That's I to acknowledge Messi's greatness. I'm sure Suarez is great too. Ugh. But fuck that guy. I just don't like him. Just don't like him. And if you like him, cool. Go suck a dick. Like I don't. I don't care how you feel about how I feel. You get me? Fuck. Fuck Luis Suarez. Fuck him. I feel bad for Andres Iniesta, Barcelona legend. But he looks like he's eighty-seven years old. He looks like he could be the head coach of Barcelona. Not their midfielder. Ah. <sighs> My fucking Madrid lost to Real Batiste, bro. Real fucking Batiste. I just uh man. Listen, how fucked up is that shit? This is depressing. I got I got to move on. I got to move on. This isn't. It's is getting depressing. It's kind of hot in this room too. I'm getting a, got a little beads of sweat and shit on my forehead. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna move on. And get into some deeper and darker shit that might depress me as well. Hey, fuck it. It's what we're here for, right? Not really depressed, guys. Like, a l- little sad. Like, if I watch The Notebook, I will probably cry. Judge me if you want to, but fuck you.
2: What's your reaction to the decision? Corruption in boxing. Follow the money. And no one else is going to say that in boxing. And some people are going to be very upset. And um, I don't care. I don't care if they're upset. But what do you mean by, what do you mean by corruption? Because there's no way... I got a 118-110, okay, let's not go off a round, and let's make it 117 to 111. And still, it's one guy winning a fight. I mean, one guy was the ocean, the other guy was the log for most of the fight. The ocean usually wins in that battle. Yeah. When I watch, and I go out there, and I look in the Atlantic Ocean, the ocean moves the log around. The ocean is the champion. The ocean was Golovkin, but not in boxing. Boxing doesn't honor the things that should be honored. It honors money, control, power. And there's only certain power brokers in boxing, certain promoters, and they have the power. They have control of who the judges agree, who the judges aren't going to be. So who the judges know if they want to work, who they have to vote for. And mm. Las Vegas, where the money's going to come back there for a rematch? I mean, it's... There's no other way. How could I stand here all week and say that it's going to be a controversial outcome? How? How do I know that? How do I know? Early on, I had said that Golovkin, two years ago, would knock out Canelo. But the fight got closer. It did get closer. Because he would have got knocked out two years ago. But he fought in spots. But he didn't fight enough to win he fought in spots to survive he being Canelo spots to survive spots to win here and there to keep the ocean from putting him way up on the shore if he's the log but at the end of the day he didn't do enough to win he survived he knew that if he survived and he had spots anything could happen this could happen Mm -hmm. the judges could take it from there it is. And again, I don't give a damn about the promoters out there. And, and I picked the promoter who's on top. I picked that guy to win. But I don't care if they're mad yeah. and angry because the truth is the truth. Yeah. That's the problem with the sport. And, people and, will be satisfied to a certain extent, but people will be sickened and will say, I, I can't continue to love something that doesn't love me back.
0: So I'm not sure if you guys watched the fight. But a shit ton of people did. And. Pre UFC. I watched a lot of boxing man. I remember watching it when it was just randomly on TV. You know like. You could watch a random. Kermit Sintrong. Or Tito Trinidad. Oscar De La Hoya. Pretty Boy Floyd. Before he was money. Arturo Gatti. Mike Tyson. I'd go back and watch old highlights of Roberto Duran because I'm Panamanian. Sugar Ray Leonard. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you guys I'm a fucking boxing aficionado and know exactly what technique in this movement and that. That's not. That's not what this is. I'm purely a fan, right? But I'm no like. This is the first. So you take out the Mayweather. McGregor fight, which was the biggest fight in boxing history. They want to discard that. Brought money into the sport because Floyd Mayweather put that on. Fine, I get it. Promoters promote against each other, just like coaches in college football recruit against each other. I get it. You want the biggest money for you. I understand that. But just like Brendan Schaub said it on his podcast, so I don't take credit for it. I'm Big Brown Breakdown, arm fighter and the kid. <sighs> This was a fucking black eye. Like I don't, I don't want to watch a rematch. I I watched the Deontay Wilder fight just because I like heavyweights, and I hope there's a knockout. But if it goes to the this, this, this decision, you know it. The fight is gonna to go to the the fucking fighter who's who's getting the promoter who has the promoter on his side. We sat there. We went to my boy's house. Sadi, shout out to him. I'll have him on the podcast here soon, and that'll probably be a six hour podcast because that motherfucker can talk. So, we go to his house, watch it nice and cool, relax. No distractions, just watching the fight on his big ass TV. We all said it, myself, Ula, OULA, salute to you brother, the keto kid himself, the keto king. I'm calling him the keto king. He's like anywhere from 40 to 68 years old. He's not exactly sure how old he how old he is, whatever. He got abs too. It's very upsetting. No fucking little bastard. All right, wh- whatever. Let me I digress. So we watched it, watched every every movement, every punch, and we said it before the fight. If it goes to decision, Canelo's going to win or something fucked up was going to happen. I watched Canelo's fight. I've watched Triple G highlights, right? I've never seen, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I've watched all 36 of his fights. So no, I watched his highlights because he doesn't get promoted here. Who really knows when he's fighting? Whatever. Just like I've just, I just saw Lomachenko the other couple weeks ago on ESPN for free. Cool, they should do that more often. Get better promotion. Because a lot of people don't want to pay 50 or $60 to watch a boxing match from a guy they never heard of. That's better promotion in my in my mind. So we knew it going in. First round starts. Oh, Canelo's doing some serious movement, getting out of the way. Boom, alright, cool. You could see that just as a fan. I'm not saying like, oh, he saw his right hook coming. So he moved, No, I'm not. He's moving out of the way of punches. Gennady starts pumping up, pumping up, in no world did I talk, Canelo has some good counters, Canelo caught him with this straight, like, with this right that came from fucking, Guadalajara, Mexico, just out of, if you, I'm assuming, I'm sorry if you're not really from Guadalajara, but, comes from the bottom of the map, clocks Gennady in, I think the ninth or 10th round, Gennady goes, okay, just keeps coming. No threat of a knockout, nothing. Canelo just kept coming. I get, I don't know if it's the fact that I watch most of UFC, so octagon control is a big thing. He was the pressure fighter. He kept coming, kept coming, kept coming, hitting him, peppering him, putting him against the ropes. Canelo had spurts, maybe 15 to 20 seconds. It was very a la Mayweather, right? Because Mayweather doesn't do shit for 2 minutes and 30 seconds. That's thirty seconds. So, pop, 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 pepper you with a couple punches wins the round. So that made me start thinking about how genius and corrupt boxing is, because if the money's on you, you're gonna win. Like it's very rare that, that the fighter's gonna get the upset. Jeremy Jeremy Horn being an outlier. Timothy Bradley bring out being an outlier when he when they both be Pacquiao. <sighs> but watching the fight. As soon as we, as soon as we knew it went the decision, I was like, Yo, they're they're gonna find a way to screw him out of this. Like, one eighteen, one ten, makes me not want to botch watch botch. Well, yeah, it was a botch call, makes me not want to watch another boxing match ever again. What's the point? I don't want to see the rematch. I don't, I refuse to. I'm not gonna go to my boy's house. I'll stay here and watch HGTV with my wife, House Hunters, House Hunters International over that shit. If there's no football on that time, just. Let's call it what it is. The Hurricanes aren't playing. I don't give a fuck about any anybody else. The Dolphins aren't going to be playing because they don't play at ten or ten o'clock at night or at midnight. So I don't want to watch another boxing event, man. Like I just I don't. It made me sick. Like it's so clear corruption, just like Teddy Atlas said. And I never loved boxing. I was never. Man, you saw how you... I I was never... I just watched it as a casual fan. Oh, okay. Just how I watched the Anthony Joshua and and Klitschko fight. Like, I just... I enjoyed it because it's some amazing shit. These are athletes. This is what makes me mad, right? These two human beings. These two fucking Goliaths of the sport. Spent their whole lives boxing, right? Probably 25, 25, 30 years for Canelo. I think Canelo's only 27. So 20 years for Canelo, 25-30 years for Gennady G- Triple G. And this is what they get in the end. And by all accounts, this is what boxing is. This is the sport. This is in its blood. It's corruption. We know about, I mean, if you don't know, back in the day, like the, the mob had a bunch of it. You know, because because gambling. bunch of their hands in it and their dark tentacles like Shop says. And this is this is a big fuck you. Like with the at least with the main Mac fight, you you knew there was really no chance that McGregor was going to outbox him. That just that wasn't going to happen realistically. It's the greatest, one of the greatest boxers of all time. The best defensive boxer of all time. Has what 70, 80 fights under his belt. If you want to put in uh, Floyd Mayweather, his Olympic fights and his and his amateur fights. Like the guy, there was no way. But there was just a thrill of, yeah, man, but we're getting to enjoy this as fans. Like, it wasn't a, a, a shot at boxing. I was like, yo, like, it's for us, man. Fuck you and your niche. And this is three weeks later, after that fight, this is what you bring us? This is what you bring us. A fucking uh, a sham of a fight that Adelaide Bird only gets a couple of days off, but she gets a shit ton of money from Golden Boy. I'm like Brian Callan said it. I'm going to need somebody to look into that, man, because it's fucking corruption. I'm disgusted. I feel bad that my boy paid for that fight. It was a great fight. It should have been Triple G. If you want to put it at his nicest, unanimous decision 115, 113 across the board, 7 to 6. If you want to be at his nicest, but I can't give Canelo three rounds. I. Max 3 rounds. All right. I say 9-3. That's that's how I feel about it cuz he had that crazy spread in the 12th. And that was it. That I I don't I don't see anything. The first two rounds, all Canelo. And then Triple G just took over the rest of the way. Just kept coming. Snowball just oh, gaining confidence, getting the nerves out. Jab, jab, jab. Getting confidence, getting the nerves out. Jab, jab, right cross. Getting confidence, getting the nerves out. And it was just beautiful to watch, man. I became a bigger fan of Triple G than I already was because I know he was a knockout specialist. But I watched him in his next fight out of respect that he deserves because he didn't deserve what he got on Saturday night. That was offensive. That was betrayal. That was a big fuck you to all of us. We're going to go with the ginger Mexican that makes us money. Cool, man, but he lost. He lost. So he has two losses on the record for me. Triple G does not deserve that draw. He should be 37 or no. That's what he should be. And the fact that boxing takes money over the thrill of the sport, which is the better man wins. You can go fuck yourself, man. You lost a fan here. And I don't know if I'm going to watch another one. Probably not. And if I do, I'll watch it on a live stream or some shit. I'm not paying for that fucking thing. Fuck that noise.
2: Mr. Jones' B-sample has confirmed the A-sample findings. Due process should occur before drawing any conclusions about this matter. Jones will appeal the test results at D.C. Who thought, Jones? What do you make of all this?
1: I think it's crazy. You know, it's, uh... It's one of the craziest things, and you saw this being very, uh... straight-line saying due process. Right. But the reality is, um... You can't fail drug tests. You could pass 100 tests. You cannot fail one. And they're saying, uh... We have to wait for the due process, but what are we waiting for? You know, we've tested the A sample, tested the B sample. And if there's anything, you, you cannot test positive.
0: <sighs> where, where do I, where, where do I motherfucking begin with this shit, bro? Where, where do I start? John motherfucking Jones. Not going to go into the history. Y'all know it. Hitting a, hitting a pregnant woman running away because he had drugs in the car. Pissing hot three out of his last four drug tests. Thought he was back, man. The sport needs him. This is top three or four favorite sports of mine. Big fan of D.C. Just not a draw. It's non personal. Don't know why it is. It just doesn't get that. He's like nice guy, I guess i don't I mean, I don't know it's fucking steroids, bro, on the test, you know that's coming. How fucking dare you, man? Oh, I've never taken steroids. I swear on my heavenly father, sir, sir, don't bring him into this, man. Your track record isn't great. you're at fault for all of that. It wasn't like you were with a group of people. And one of them had cocaine. You had cocaine in your system. It wasn't like you were riding with your boy, and he got into the accident. You were driving by yourself. It wasn't like the something happened at the gym, and some and somebody got hurt. So that somehow shit got into your system, the first time, or the second time when you pissed and you said the dick pills excuse. This is all on you, bro. You crying at the two at the two hundred fucking UFC two hundred press conference does nothing anymore. You're a cheater now, man. Given it probably is rampant as fuck, and you probably came into the fort the sport and motherfuckers were getting IV of steroids. Yes, the game has changed, man. Evolve or die, and you died publicly, publicly, pubic. What the fuck was that? I don't know. The sport is dying. They sold this shit for $5 billion, which, by the way, the Fertitas, motherfuckers, salute to you, man. You scam these dumb fucks thinking that you have a $5 billion company. When I don't know how. I don't you only had three draws ever. And one was a WWE guy. And one was an attractive woman. And one is a fucking Irishman that I would be shocked if fights for you again. Motherfuckers getting fat. Over in Ireland. Seeing the world. With a, with a hundred million dollar tummy. First of all. I apologize. No man should say tummy. Hundred million dollar gut. That's what y'all got right now. You don't have shit. Your biggest star. Is a bald headed. Fuck face. That shits all over your champions. And then tries to sell us the fight. Bro we're not stupid. Uh, I'm not stupid. Motherfuckers that buy this shit and believe your bullshit are. Oh, I like that he's a... Yo, man, he's never stepped in the octagon. He has the same fucking fighting experience you and I have. If you're listening to this and enjoy cupcakes. That's that's the experience I have. I fought a couple times out in the street. That's it. I always said, if a motherfucker can take my punch after two punches, he probably wins the fight. And I might run away. I'm not getting hit. That shit hurts. Judge me if you want to, man. Yeah, fucking John Jones, bro. I remember vividly after the Cormier fight when he got when John Jones stomped his ass out. My cousin's call, my cousin calls me. He's back. He's back, man. Motherfucking John Jones is back. We need him. I've watched UFC since its fucking inception when you had to watch it on a bootleg cable box with the black and red numbers. You guys remember them shits? And they only had it in Brazil. With Don Fry. With all the great, with fucking, with Gracie. With, you know, Ken Shamrock came later. Tank Abbott. my motherfuckers wore wrestling shoes to the ring. Had no weight classes. Illegal as fuck. I've been watching it that long. The game has evolved. Still doesn't have the best athletes. This is a different time now, man. You gotta evolve with this shit. Just had another, another fucking fighter piss hot. Oh, let's wait for the news to come out. Take, listen, man. Call USADA and be like, yo, what the fuck can I not take? Or call them when you think you can't take something. Ask them for clearance. Do everything. If you're John fucking Jones and you've pissed hot before and have a track record now of being a shitbag. Because us, the fans, need you to get your shit together, bro. The Brock Lesnar fight, out the window. The Gustafson rematch, out the window. The Stipe fight, out the window. You could have been the greatest combat sports fighter of all time. Undefeated. But you beat the fuck out of yourself. God damn it, man. What a fucking shame. And I'm not excited for any other fight. GSP, me. I'll watch it. Because it has Garbrandt and fucking Dillashaw and Joanna Joan Jacek and uh, fighting Rose Namajunas. Big fan of all those four. And I'm sure it's a stacked the fuck card down the line because they're fighting in the, in the garden again. I watched that one in spite of the main event. I don't give a fuck about GSP Bisbee. GSP was the most boring champion ever. Ever. Wrestled you, took you down Laid, did fucking, had a half guard, and just kind of punched you in the face from time to time. Did enough to get it to decision. Fuck all that, man. (sighs) God damn it. So. (laughs) uh, I've been thinking about talking about this on the podcast. And. I'm gonna go with fuck it. This has nothing to do with the rest of this shit. It just, there's, there's no segue or audio into this, right? A couple months back. So, if y'all don't know, I, I drive as a part of my living, right? Like, I transport different medical equipment to different facilities, yada, yada, yada. I was in a long drive, probably had 60 miles of no exits, one lane highway bladder fills up right when i get to the first exit the light takes forever and i reach over and luckily have some water bottles in my car (sighs) damn can't believe i'm about to say this luckily have some water bottles in my car you know whip it out (laughs) and start pissing in the water bottles at a very weird angle because you're sitting down right and so i'm gonna have to like sit up so I piss in the water bottle. It's very hard to piss in a water bottle. Very, very, very small. Uh, long story short, I piss my pants. Right, <clears throat> I piss my pants. I go to, thankfully, thank God, I had to change of clothes because I had an overnight bag because sometimes I have to stay out, and I changed my clothes. It was one of the more, I'm I'm 33 years old, ladies and gentlemen, and I piss my pants. And there's no cool way to say that, but. I'm trying to bring y'all some real shit. i always tell you guys the truth. It was a very embarrassing moment, but I own it. Thankfully, I haven't shit in my pants because there's no recovery from that. It would have been like I could like if I needed to, I would have just sat in my own. no wouldn't have. Thankfully, I had that overnight bag. So if you learned anything from this podcast, is that always carry a change of clothes with you. You never know when you might piss your pants next time. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Man Chatter Podcast with your host as always, Ben Borges. Till next time, peace.